Thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord. It is literally five years today that we came for the first time, and, and look what the Lord has done. <laughs> and, and, and I would be a, a remiss not to just mention and say there were so many people that are present here today that stood tall and stood planted in the house of the Lord that carried this church through a transition time. One thing I appreciate about this house is the foundation that is here. A lot of people don't understand this has been reaching Citrus County for decades and decades and decades and decades. And we all stand on somebody else's shoulder. So just as you have honored me, I honor the pastors, the three other pastors that have pastored this church before me. I'm the fourth and all going all the way back to the 50s and 60s. So that's a blessing, church, that that God has seen this house and planted it firmly. And I just want to say this before I turn it over to our guest speaker today. The best is yet to come, church. We're just getting started. My pastor told me when I counseled with him and was praying about whether or not this was the will of the Lord for us to uproot our family from a place we dearly loved and had a lot of family and friends and a lot of, uh, a lot of wonderful things around us. Um, I, was, I was asking him, and, and he did tell me, he said, Jason, he's, and he took over his church from a man who had big shoes to fill, Leo's dad, and uh, he just told me plainly, he said, it'll be five years before you start pastoring that church. And I said, well, I'm not going then, because I can't go for five years. Within that five-year period, there's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of things that you have to begin to push forward for a church to begin to take on the purpose and plan and DNA that God has for it moving into the future. And I really mean that when I say this church is just getting started. We're going to see God move like we've never seen him move. We're going to see God do things. I still believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. And I believe that he, we are going to see the greatest move of God that the earth has ever seen before Jesus returns. And I think we're getting closer and closer and closer to that. Just as a reminder, youth, you guys can go ahead and be dismissed. They have youth service today. I want to put our hands together and thank the Lord for our youth leader, Sean, who put so much time and energy into uh, discipling this group and pouring into them. And uh, we're so thankful for you guys this morning. And just as they're leaving, before I introduce our very esteemed guest today, so delighted that he's here with us. I always forget to mention that our tithe and offering boxes are right there in the foyer that you guys can leave your tithes and offerings in the house of the Lord. We have a very special guest today. I love this brother, and, and here's why I love him. He has a heart for the nations. He's a missionary to India. He's going to share about his ministry, and here's what I love about him. He may not even be funny today. Please be funny today because I love his sense of humor. I love it. I was probably just six, eight, ten months after I got here. He's been a long time affiliated with this church. We support him and many other missionaries monthly. We tithe off of everything that comes in. We make it. It's actually above that with home missions. It's well above that. And our uh, our business meeting is coming up here uh, the first Wednesday. I invite you, if you're a member of this church, stay for that. We got some wonderful things to share. God has been good to Christian Center Church. And we, we take that and we sow into the world. That's what God wants us to do. And we sow into this ministry. So could you welcome Brother Julius Marar this morning to the pulpit? Thank you, Pastor Lisa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good, morning. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. 
You know, I don't uh, much care about the seven-day Adventists, but I do care about seven-day absentists. <laughs> that was the first question God asked the man. Adam, Adam, where art thou? Where are you? I want you to make your position right this morning. It doesn't mean God doesn't know where are you. Oh, I can't see you, Adam. Are you hiding behind that bush? I mean, God knew where he was. God wanted Adam to know where he was. And this morning, when we come in the front of the mirror, which is the word of God, we need to understand and find out where we are. I'm from India. I'm a full-blooded Indian. My dad was an Indian and my mom was an Indian. Somebody said that it was good. You know, uh, Columbus was, uh, uh, he named the people here Indian, right? Somebody said that, uh, because, you know, he was in search of India, and he thought that he has landed to the country of India. So when he saw the natives, he called them Indians. And somebody said it was good that he was in search of India and not Turkey. It would be a complete different name here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Flew all the way from a beautiful country of California. And I base out from Los Angeles. And I was kind of evaluating which is better, Florida or, you know. I think both the oranges are good. So it's all right. <laughs> Californian oranges and Florida oranges, they are all good. But I'm so happy, so glad that I am here with you this morning. And, uh, you know, uh, Sunday is not a good day uh, because God created every day and he said it's good, it's good, it's good. But the seventh day he never used the word good. He said it is blessed. So Sunday is not just a good day if I would say that. It's a blessed day. And... Uh, you know, I need, I have a complaint against this, uh, the aspirin tablet. You know, it, it works very well uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, especially Saturday. People take two pills and go out hunting and fishing and boating and all of that. It doesn't work on Sunday morning. They need to make something Sunday special aspirin. Take it and go to church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I mean, David had already had a beautiful, naturally fragranced cedar wood uh, palace. But he said, what makes me glad is when I go to the house of the Lord. And aren't you glad that you are here in the house of the Lord this morning? As uh, Pastor Jason mentioned about... Uh, Three or four pastors and I have been coming here uh, for the last 20, 22 years. And I've seen all the pastors, but I would definitely like to say that when I met Pastor Jason, uh, it was a joy to meet. You know, some people, I mean, it's a joy to meet and some people, it's joy when they leave, you know. So, <laughs> But he's a joy to meet. And uh, I was so happy that uh, this church 
has got a solid pastor family uh, that uh, beautifully takes care of the flock. You know, these people are so valuable. Out of all the millions that were there in the land of Egypt, God had to go all the way to the desert of Midian for one guy, Moses. God, leave him. Get, get, I mean, why is he in your plan? I mean, he's a fugitive. He's a vagabond. He's out there. I mean, find somebody else. You got many out there in Egypt. But God said, no, I got to go and find him and bring him back. Pastors are valuable. And I'm glad that you respect and you love your pastors. There is a blessing behind it. Hallelujah. Amen. So I bring greetings from the country of India and Nepal. And uh, the Lord is really blessing us over there. India is a country that is also mentioned in the Bible. Many people don't know about it. But it's not like Arkansas. He came out of the Arkansas, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's real India. In the book of Esther, chapter 1 and verse number 1. Now in the days of Ahasuerus, this is Ahasuerus who reigned from India even unto Ethiopia. So uh, India has been there and interestingly the name of India was also there. And uh, during this pandemic two years I made four trips back to India. Uh, Enjoyed my going out there because uh, the airlines were cheaper. And I enjoyed business class in economy class because not not very many people were flying. So I had a lot of seats open and I could lay down and fly out to India. It takes about 24 hours to get there. Uh, Still better than uh, 40 days and 40 nights. My dad came in 1932 on a boat and it took him 40 days and 40 nights, just like Noah's time. But God has been good to us uh, in spite of all the persecution. It's majorly a Hindu nation. 90% people are Hindu. And Hindus, uh, they worship uh, multiple gods. If I say millions of gods, 365 million gods are worshipped by Hindus. All the creation is a god for them. Snake is a god. Monkey is a god. And of course, holy cow. (laughs) By the way, I love it. Over here. (laughs) I remember the first time I ate, I said, wow. Wow. I don't know what I was missing. And I looked at that meat. I said, I don't care whether it's my grandpa or grandma. (laughs) Amen. I love it, Pastor Jess. I hope you are not recording it. Don't send it to India. It will ruin my ministry. (laughs) Yes, they still consider it very, very holy. In fact, in the last several years, hundreds of people have been lynched, have been killed by mob uh, because they have found that they were trying to eat a cow or, you know, a rumor has gone out that they were eating cow. They roam all over uh, our city. Uh, You know, when people are dying of hunger, but forget it, you can't even touch them. You know, sometimes I feel like telling these uh, Chick-fil-A 
advertisement, you know, on the billboards where you see the cows. Well, just say, we, let's move to India, you know. Yeah, we'll be safer there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God for holy cow. Amen. <laughs> but, you know, every time I come back, that's the first thing I do. I hit Texas Roadhouse. That's my stop over. <laughs> I got to have that. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. It's so wonderful to be here and among the people who love the Lord and not just the love the Lord, but also the work of the Lord. You know, I mean, uh, he started it as pastor mentioned in the beginning. Resurrection is just starting and he gave us the responsibility of reconciliation, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Bring the world unto God. He gave his life for us. Now it is our responsibility to reconcile the world unto him. And that's why Bible says we are the ambassadors for Christ. Because the word and the ministry of reconciliation lies upon our shoulders. Hallelujah. Last year was uh, pretty rough for me. As I lost six of my family members, one after another, uh, due to the, uh, this COVID thing. My elder brother died, a great evangelist in India. He died on Monday. My aunt dies on Tuesday. My uncle dies on Wednesday. My other brother dies on Thursday. I mean, one after another in a week. I even didn't have enough tears to cry out. I was so heartbroken. I was... If, if, the, if it wouldn't be for the Lord, I wouldn't be here. But thank God that he's still upon the throne. The first thing he did after he got resurrected, he came to the disciples. The first public statement, peace be unto you. Because you can't enjoy life until you have peace. If you are scared, if you have fear of anything, forget about enjoying the life. Aren't you glad that he prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies? No fear at all. We need to be bold. We need to know who we are. As I said, Adam, Adam, where art thou? And this morning... I would like to draw your attention that who we are, what we have. But before that, I would like to show you a video about uh, a tribe that's out there in India. All right, so in 19, 2020, the lockdown started. Everything was shut down. I was here in the States, in Los Angeles. I was happy that I will get to be with my wife. By the way, I have one wife and one son. Somebody asked me that, Brother Julius, in the Old Testament, they used to have multiple wives. Polygamy. Do you have any words against that in the New Testament? I said, well, not particularly, but check this out. Bible says, a man cannot serve two masters. <laughs> and one is good enough for me. So 
So pastor, when lockdown started, I was happy that I'll get to be with my family more, you know, because I travel a lot back and forth to India and also here in the States. But pretty soon I realized that, no, it's not fun. <laughs> because, you know, my wife and my son, they work from home. And very soon I found myself in bondage. I thought that slavery has long gone from America, but not from my house. <laughs> I mean, both of them would give me menu that what are they going to eat today? You know, I was the chef. I became the chef of the family. Thank God for YouTube. I could, you know, cook anything from the world. Hallelujah. But finally, in December of 2020, it got open and I went to India. See, when lockdown started and couldn't meet uh, in person, we took the route of technology. Facebook, YouTube, you name it. And we started bombarding the internet with our preaching. Because in India, everybody has a smartphone. They don't have enough to eat, but they got one cell phone. And it works very well. Now, what are they going to do with this lockdown? They are going to watch something on Facebook, and we took that route 24-7. Because when it's night here, it's day over there. When it's day over there, it's night over here. And uh, so with 24-7, we started preaching. I preached about 700 sermons in six months. 24, I mean, we got the Bible. We got the living word of God, right? Amen. We are never out of business. People say, well, I don't have a job. What? 66 books in the Bible, millions of souls dying out there, and you tell me you don't have a job? Go and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. And in my mind, I thought, well, you know, these six months, eight, nine months, it's all gone in waste. Couldn't gather people, didn't have no evangelistic crusades. What are we going to do? But the Bible says his word will not return white. So the word was already going out. And interestingly, see Hindus and Muslims and Buddhists and Jainis and Punjabi, a lot of other religion, they also have their stuff on the, on the internet. But during those times, they all shut down themselves because they did not have nothing to tell to the people. But we had the word of hope. Hallelujah. We had the word of life. You know, the word hope in itself is so positive. You never hope for bad. Oh, I hope he gets sick. Have you ever thought of that? Oh, I hope they meet an accident. No, hope is always, the word hope in itself is positive. And the Bible is a living hope. Hallelujah. And we started preaching. So when I went in December... I met this young man and he came to me and he said, uh, Bishop Morar, I would uh, invite you to come to our uh, town or our place. And uh, long story short, he told me that he belongs, he is the chief of the tribe. And uh, we found out later on that that tribe, about a thousand of them that live close to the city where I live, Gorakhpur, they are connected all the way back to one of the sons of Jacob. Dan. 
they are the tribe of Dan. And if you go into the history, you don't find much about the tribe of Dan. But as I said in book of Esther, as Ahasuerus reigned from India, even Ethiopia, and the decree of eradicating all the Jews also went to India because Jews live in India also. And there are many Jews, there are many groups of Jews, they still are out there in India and these are some of them. And their main livelihood was going door to door. They are not educated because they are separated from society. Uh, They are, uh, as I said, they are a tribe. They have their DNA from uh, Jacob and Jews and all of that. So they are different from other Indians. And so their livelihood was going door to door and taking alms and taking, uh, you know, begging for food and all of that. And that's how their livelihood was. But during the pandemic, they almost starved to death. Because nobody even let them come in their town or in their villages or even in front of their door. They didn't have no source of getting food. Kids were almost on the verge of dying. And this chief decided to have a mass suicidal day. He said, we'll, we'll, we'll all die one day. We'll just suicide. But in the meantime, he began to find out something on the Facebook, like, you know, how to and what to. And, and then he found me and he started listening to the preaching. And a hope began to grow in his heart. He contacted our local people over there that we are here. We are listening to the word of God. And is there any way? We, and we started supporting, helping, sending food to them. And suddenly there was a change in the whole tribe. They used to worship some other gods. They left worshiping all other gods. And they took Jesus as one and only personal savior. Brother, if you are ready with that video, uh, the second one, Conjure the Tribe thing, uh, I would like to show you. So when I went there, I did not know what I'm going to get into, but about seven to 800 people gathered there. And that day, they made the confession that Jesus is their only savior and they believe in Jesus Christ. We have already baptized 400 of them. I am going in two weeks back and baptizing 400 more over there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You are still upon the throne. His word still works, folks. Hallelujah. Let's watch this. So this is their village. And uh, the government has built a few houses for them. And they live like a family. There is no doors. There is no window. Very, very poor. Uh, Don't have anything in their house. They live very poorly, but now things have started taking a change. They are not educated, but with your support, we have started a school in this village or in this tribal area. And uh, look at me. I got the mask. None of them got any kind of corona whatsoever. And uh, hundreds of those people were sitting out there, the ladies and all of that. And that day... They receive Christ as their own personal savior. And as I said, we have already baptized 400 of them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you. Thank you. I think that's about it. Hallelujah. God is still working. Just pray that by the time I go back, they need a place for worship. And we have found one. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shared profile sheet shared. And uh, we do need to make uh, the floor uh, better so they can sit on that floor or even buy some chairs. And uh, just pray that God would uh, provide all the funds and resources so we will be able to accommodate this tribe. And God is going to bless all of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Good to see you, Brother Frank, my longtime friend. God bless you. And God bless all of you. Your regular support means a lot to us. And thank you for helping and supporting us. Few more years, he's coming back, folks. The stage is already being set. I believe that. He is coming back. A night cometh when no man can work. So let's work hard as long as we can. It's our responsibility. People have already done their work who have gone before us. People will be doing after us, but this is our time for such a time as this. Let's take, make the best use of our time here on this earth and do the best for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Last Sunday, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. Easter. Some people have problem with saying Easter. They say it's not in the Bible. Well, it is in King James Version. It is the word, but it is not connected with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I'm not going to talk on that. But this morning, I would like to draw your attention on the power of resurrection. See, a lot of people have been resurrected, even in the Old Testament. Even in the New Testament. Lazarus was resurrected. He came out of the... But what about the power? And that's why Philippians, if you have your Bibles with you. Philippians, now you can turn on your Bibles. (laughs) Philippians chapter number 3. And verse number 10. And it says... That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Everybody say power of his resurrection. Not just resurrection. It's the power. Pastor Jason, thank you again for your hospitality, Sister Leah. Appreciate your family. Enjoy watching things on Facebook. Really enjoy it. I don't make comment on everything, but in my heart, I do. You know, <laughs> in my mind, I do. Hallelujah. The power of his... That's why Jesus said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you receive what? Not Holy Ghost. Power. What power was he talking about? You wait until you receive the power. Because a powerless person is good for nothing. And this morning, I want to challenge you to understand the power that God has given to you. There was, a, there was this church and the church became a little upset because a bar just got opened right in front of that church. Mm. Church was not happy, so they went on their knees and started praying and praying and praying, God, do something. Well, one day the clouds gather. And the weather became a little stormy. 
And a light struck that bar and burnt it down to the ground. Well, the owner of the bar went to the court and sued the church that because of them, my business was ruined. The church hired a lawyer and fought back and said, we got nothing to do with that. We have no hand in burning their business. Why would we be paying for that? And finally, the judge wrote a very interesting verdict. He said, I don't know how to decide this matter because a business that doesn't believe in God has got nothing to do with power of prayer, believes in the power of prayer. And an institution that ought to believe in power of prayer is saying we got nothing to do with that. The disciples were shut down because they were scared of Jews. At other hand, the Jews were scared <laughs> of disciples that they would come and steal the body. Now who is scared with whom? I mean, they were so scared that they asked Pilate to put some guard on the tomb, right? Jews are scared, the disciples are scared. Both are scared of each other. This morning, can I challenge you folks? You don't have to scared of nobody. Because that was the first thing Jesus said. Mm, hallelujah. Peace be unto you. See, fear will kill you. Fear is not a good thing. It has not been given to us. The Bible says, we have not been given the spirit of fear. Our problem is that we don't know how to control it. Because when you control fear, you enjoy it. <laughs> you remember the first time you sat behind the wheel? The steering wheel? You thought the wall is coming towards you, right? Not you going to the wall. You thought that that car is coming and going to hit you. You remember that? But now, now you can control it. And you do everything on the steering wheel. They have to write, please don't text and drive. <laughs> don't eat your burgers and drive. <laughs> I mean, we, we, you know, our, our cars are like our office or, you know, our workplace. Because you can control it. I remember one time in California, I went to this Six Flag things, those roller coaster thing. You know, I just like to watch the faces of those people go up. And there was this young girl. She was in line. And she said, oh, I'm scared to death. I said, honey, if you are so scared, why don't you come out of line? She said, no, I can't. I love it. <laughs> we have lost the control, the power. Jesus came out of the grave and he said, Oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? And this morning I want to challenge you. Do you know what you got? I was born and raised in India among the Hindus. 365 million gods. I used to have arguments and talk with all these Hindus. All my friends were Hindus. And they would challenge me. They said, what special do you have in your God? Our God can heal. 
our God can do the prosperity. I, our God can do this. And our goddess can do this. And there was a time I came this close to lose my faith. And I began to pray. I said, Lord, tell me. What special do we Christian have that nobody else has that? If you were to go 40 miles east from the place where I live in India, Gorakhpur, there is a city called Kushinagar. And in Kushinagar, there is a huge big temple. Inside the temple, there is a statue that's lying flat on the floor, on the ground. Underneath the statue, this statue belongs to a so-called god, Buddha. I don't know how many of you know about Buddha, but Buddha was born and died in India. 600 BC, 600 before Jesus Christ, when Isaiah was prophesying in Palestine, Buddha was preaching in India. And this temple is the shrine or the tomb of Buddha. Underneath the statue lies the ashes and bones of Buddha. And all the people, Buddhists from oriental countries, Japan and Korea and Sri Lanka, they come and they pay their homage. They pay their respect to this dead God. They touch the feet of that statue, huge, big, 18 feet long statue. They touch the feet in order to receive some blessing. If you were to go 60 miles west from where I live, Gorakhpur, there is a city called Ajodhya. In Ajodhya, there is a huge big temple. Inside the temple, there are three small statues. Rama, Lakshmana, and Sita. Rama, the main incarnation of Hindu religion. His brother Lakshmana and his wife Sita. People go there, pay their homage because they believe that Rama and Lakshmana and Sita were buried down there. In order to receive some blessing, they go and touch that shrine. Because Rama died over there. If you were to go... 1,500 miles west from the place where I live, Gorakhpur, there is a city called Mount Abu. In Mount Abu, there's a hundred feet tall naked statue of a man, a god, so-called god, Mahabir. And he started a religion called Jain religion. You can Google, you can see that statue. And all the Jainis, they go and touch the feet of this statue. Because they believe that Mahabir was buried and cremated underneath that statue. The ashes and the bones lies underneath that statue. If you were to go 3,000 miles west from the place where I live in India, Gorakhpur. There is a city called Mecca. And there is a black rock. And underneath the rock they say... Prophet Muhammad was buried. And all the Muslims, especially at this time of Ramadan, they go and they touch and try to kiss that black rock in order to receive some blessing. If you were to go 5,000 miles northwest from the city I live, Gorakhpur, there is a city called Moscow. And there is a mausoleum in Moscow, the mausoleum of a man named Lenin. He started a kind of religion called communist religion. And all the communists, they go and they try to find some blessing from 
that place. And all these so-called gods are, they came into this world. They preached their whatever. But one day when it came to cross the valley of shadow of death, they all gave up. They are lying somewhere out there. But this morning, if you allow me, I would like to take you another city. The city is called the city of Jerusalem. And 2,000 years ago, some people put a man in a grave. And they thought that just like other god and goddesses, this man is also done for. But after three days and three nights, that very man came out of that grave. Hallelujah. And he is the one who is alive this morning. He has the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. He says, I am he that shutteth and no man openeth. And I am he that openeth and no man shutteth. Hallelujah. That is the power. That is the speciality of us Christians. We believe in a living God. Hallelujah. Our God is not dead somewhere out there. You don't have to go to Mecca. You don't have to go to Kushinagar. You don't have to go to Ajodhya in order to receive the blessing. You can lift up your hand right here and say, yes, Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. That's what Paul was striving for. He said, I have all the degrees. I have all the diplomas. I have all the knowledge. I have all the wits. But I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. All these so-called deities are dead somewhere out there. I have been to most of these places, folks. I have seen their shrines. And I have also been (laughs) to the tomb of Jesus Christ. I went inside and came out. And there was a plaque. It says, he's not here because he's risen. Hallelujah. You don't have to touch that tomb. You don't have to bow down to the tomb because my Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Mm, What a promise. And he's not only alive, he's going to come back to take us. Hallelujah. That I may know him. But let me tell you folks, there is a process. And Paul also says, it's not that I have attained it. It's not that I have found it. But I am striving for it. I'm walking towards it. I'm running towards it. And one of the greatest examples of the power of resurrection is found in First Kings. Chapter number 17. First King chapter number 17. If you have your Bibles. It comes way after Genesis. First Kings chapter 17. So there was this prophet. Named Elijah. He was hanging out with Ahab. And finally God said. I got to prepare you for something. So get out of the friendship and fellowship of Ahab. Ahab is the picture of the world. Sometimes we hang out too much with the world. Because you are what you hear. (laughs) I went to Japan one time and I was staying with this family. And little kids, they were speaking cheapo, cheapo, cheapo. I mean Japanese. And I asked the mother, I said, how, can, how could they, these little children speak Japanese? And she said, well, Brother Julius, that's what they hear. 
Yeah, right. I mean, that's not a rocket science. American kids who speak English are American, you know. You guys don't speak English, you guys speak American. That's what I prayed for. The first time I, I got English, I said, God, don't give me English, give me American. I remember I was, a sister was taking me to church and it was kind of stuffy in the car. And she said, Brother Morar, will you please crack the window? And I looked at the window. I said, what for? And she said, well, it's kind of stuffy here. So just, uh. I said, why are you telling me to crack it? I can open a little bit. She said, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> One time I was in Texas and did not know all those Texan rules and uh, I bought something in the convenience store and I was about to leave and that girl from behind the counter, she said, come back. So I went back. <laughs> and I said, yes. And she looked at me, she said, yeah, what do you want? I said, nothing, you just called me. <laughs> and she looked from top to bottom, she said, where are you from? I said, well, I'm from India. I said, you know, I was about to leave and you said, come back. She said, get out of here. You don't know we all say, we all come back, you know. (laughs) Oh, Lord, help me. (laughs) There is a process. You need to be in the church more. There is power in hearing. I said, there is power in hearing, in listening. The Bible, do you know why we are scared? Because we don't have enough faith. And do you know why we don't have enough faith? Because we don't listen to the word of God. The Bible says, faith comes by what? Not having multiple Bibles in every version. No, by hearing. We hear more, more from CNN and Fox and all that than from the word of God. Hallelujah. If you keep listening to the word of God. As I said, this tribe was ready. The the chief has already planned to have a mass suicidal. But he was listening to the word of God. And what happened? Faith started, began to grow up in his heart. And the whole tribe is now at the feet of Jesus. Now they are going to other tribes. And they are telling that there is a God still controls everything. There is hope in Jesus Christ. We need to listen more. And speak what we listened. The word of God. It will work folks. Hallelujah. As I said there is power in listening. When I started my ministry in Nepal. Nepal was completely banned for gospel preaching. But suddenly there was a window that was open. So I started going in there. I could speak Nepali language. And it was, it was it's only 60 miles from the place where I live. Gorakhpur. And from morning till evening, on the side of the road, I would just scream. I said, Jesus is the Lord and Jesus can say. People looked at me like they had never heard the name Jesus. They never heard gospel. They have been Hindus from centuries. They looked at me like, who is this? What is he telling? So for a week or almost five days, I preached. Nobody came. Nobody even stood in front of me and listened and what, not whatever. So finally, I went to India and I told my wife, I said, Ruth, it's not working. I need a choir, I need some people, I need musical instrument. and blah. But tomorrow is Saturday. And Saturday is their Sunday. Because of Hindu, uh, being a Hindu uh, country, Sunday is their Monday and Saturday is their holiday. 
So I said, I'm going one more day because a lot of people in the market and all of that. So I went there and I began to preach. Nothing happened. By the evening, I was frustrated. I said, it's not working. I was packing up when an old guy approached to me. And he said, sir, can I ask you something? I said, yeah, go ahead. I was not even paying enough attention to him. I was just packing up. And he said, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you shout out here. But I have a tea shop across the street. And every day I listen to you. I don't understand what you say. But do you take a name? A name? And that caught my attention. I said, what do you mean name? He said, there is something that you say. You like, like you say a name. I said, you mean Jesus? He said, yes. He said, every time I hear something happens deep down in my heart. I have never had that kind of experience. 67 years, I've been going to my temple. I've been praying to my idols. I never had that kind of feeling in my heart. But every time you take that name, I said, you mean Jesus? He said, yes, don't take that name. Something happens down here. That man gave his heart to Jesus. And he's one of our major contact in, in, in Nepal right now. You think there is power? Oh, hallelujah. There is still power in the word of God. Preach the gospel. Listen to the word of God. Shut down all the things of this world. They are not going to support and help you. But this word will take you to another world. It will give you life and life eternal. God told Elijah to... Go and hide yourself. Sometimes you need to hide yourself from the world. <laughs> the world is seeking out you. From morning till evening, folks, we are surrounded by the world. To do list, to do list, to. You know, the first time when I came to America, I was staying with the family, and that lady took me to Walmart, and she had this long list of to do, to do, to do, to do, to do. I said, ma'am, what is this? She said, that's all we got to do. And Bible says, all you heavy laden come unto me. I will give you what? Another job. (laughs) That's what our problem is. We don't take enough rest. And you know you don't take enough rest. You'll be going to a psychiatric. Thank you, Lord. Help us to get out of this world. You are in this world, but not of this world. So he goes and hides himself in a brook. And you know the story that the ravens began to bring the food for him. God was humbling him, giving him humble experience. Because he was hanging out with Ahab, the king, and he began to think that I am somebody. We are and we will always be the servant of God. Ambassador for Christ. No matter what degree and diploma the world gives us. Jesus has already given us the task. Go and preach the gospel. We'll always be witness. And finally the brook dried. And he went to a city called Zarpath. And there was this lady. Widow lady had little oil and little flour. I'm not derived from my subject, the power of resurrection. So she and her son, they were already in the dire situation. 
We are going to, I'm going to bake a bread. That's the last bread we will eat and die. She was thinking of putting poison. In India, that's very common. A lot of poor people, they can't see their children starving and suffering. So mothers, they put some kind of poison and feed all of them. And in the morning, the whole family is gone. And that's what she was planning. Last bread, I and my son will eat and die. But I'm here to tell you there is power in resurrection. <laughs> there is power in his resurrection. So this man, the man of God goes into that house and says, bake me a bread first. She brings it. And a few days later, I mean, you know, after that, there was a miracle. The flour never exhausted. The oil never exhausted. But that did not impress her. I mean, she liked him. She said, yeah, you are a good man. You can stay here. You can come and go as you wish. But one day, her son died. And she began to blame him. I mean, a few days ago, they both were dying. But that was okay. <laughs> and now her son dies. And she begins to blame the man of God. Elijah was already prepared with the power of his resurrection. He did not say that, what can I do? Take it to the morgue. Take it to the funeral home. Folks, sometimes we need to take the situation in our hand. When you know the power of his resurrection. As I said, the world is dying out there. I remember a few years ago, I got a call from one of our church family. And uh, the father said that my three-year-old daughter is very, very ill. Would you please come and pray for her? I said, I'll be there. By the time I got there, I may be a little late. The doctors were coming out of the house. And doctors looked at me and they nodded. She's gone. I went inside. Everybody was crying out. Everybody was sobbing. And they said, oh, she died. She died. Pastor, I'm sorry she died. And I looked at that girl. I said, listen, I'm not here to pray for a dead girl. I was called to pray for a sick girl. I took that baby in my lap and I began to walk in that corridor. I did not know what to pray, how to pray, raise her from dead, heal her, whatever. All that I could say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I don't know how long did I walk. But after a while, I opened my eyes and that baby was looking at me. Hallelujah. There is power in the resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. God is still on the throne. And Elijah, instead of saying, I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't help you. He's gone. He's gone for good. He said, give that baby in my arm. And he took that baby in the upper room. Sometimes we all need to go in an upper room. Do we have an upper room? Or every room is filled with junk and stuff. I'm not talking about your house and your room. I'm talking about your heart. I'm talking about your life. Every, I mean, tell me, including me, when you make an agenda of your day, how much time do we have for prayer for the Lord? You, you yourself will be ashamed to see where is my prayer time. 
In fact, when we, in the morning when we read the Bible, we are in such a hurry. And then we go to McDonald's and stand in that driveway, drive through line for hours. And here we were hurrying in our reading the Bible. Folks, we are missing something, the power of his resurrection. Forwarding it. He goes up there. He was already prepared with the power of resurrection. He lays himself three times on that lad. And that boy came out from whatever he was suffering. He was dead. He came into life. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, see, thy son liveth. Now what the woman is saying is important. Listen to this. And the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that thou art a man of God. Folks, this world is dead out there. They are trying to find somebody who can raise them. Raise them up. By this I know you are a man of God. Not by what name and what title you have. Not the certificate that's hanged on our walls. By this I know. Thank you Jesus. There was this young girl in our church. Tried to take her life three times. One time she threw herself in front of the train. And something happened. The train stopped a few yards away. Couldn't kill herself. Then she tried to take some point. It didn't work. Then finally she tried to put her finger in electric outlet. You know, our outlet are round. And you can almost poke your finger into that. And you can get to the... But before she could get to that metal prong, the light went off. The current went off. So she couldn't (laughs) kill herself. And somebody told me about that. And I went there and she was in such a despair. And she was so disheartened. She, her countenance was, and I looked at her and I said, sis, God wants to make a use of your life. I'll see you in church on Sunday morning. She came, gave her life, ded- rededicated her life to Jesus. She's one of our finest Sunday school teachers. Thank you, Jesus. Close your eyes for a moment, folks. We all need the power of his resurrection. Without that power, we are worthless. We can call ourselves Christian. We can call ourselves members of whatever. But until we have the power of his resurrection, the world around us is just going to mock us. There are lives out there that needs the power of his resurrection. And we hold it. He has given it to us. He said you wait in Jerusalem. I will pour out my spirit. You will receive the power. Thank you Jesus. Is there anyone around here? I'm not going to give you an altar call. But if you just lift up your hand. If you are feeling down and despair. And feeling discouraged. Just lift up your hand. I would like to pray right from here. 
Folks, I have seen all these things that I spoke, spoke from my experiences. I have lived that. And I know that he is still upon the throne. The power of his resurrection is still real. And he's ready to give that power to us. Transfer that power into us. We are already equipped. We are wired to receive that power. If you just let it. Let him transfer his power. Rabbi Shandarala Baba. Thank you Lord. For this beautiful congregation here. I bless my pastor here. His family. Lord as they have a heart. To send the gospel. Around the world. Bless their finances. Bless their families. Bless their children. When because of their sacrifice. Other children are being fed. Out there in India. Those children do not even have one meal a day. But because of their sacrifice, their love, their heart for those children. Bless them, Lord. Don't let their oil and their flour ever run out. Give them the prosperity, the joy, and the peace. Take that fear out of us, Lord. Knowing that you are still in control. In Jesus' precious name I ask. Amen. Thank you folks. Thank you for all your support. I want to maintain this relationship. Because it's not about just money. And your offering. It's about the relationship. I want to maintain the relationship. And I covet your prayers. Your prayers go a long ways. We are feeding. We are helping. People are very, very poor over there. Many of them don't even have a meal to eat. Especially the children. I would like to show you one more video if you are ready with that. It's a two, three minute video. It, it, it gives you an overview of our work over there in northern part of India. If you can play that. <clears throat> so our headquarters is Gorakhpur right there, Nepal close to. This is Gorakhpur. Uh, my son Jonathan took this video with a drone. About a, a million people live in that town. And we are the only one uh, that is serving the Lord in there. And it's called Peace Mission International. If you have the sound in there. And uh, that's the mother church. And all of these people that you see have found Christ through our ministry. The children and the adults and the families. One time they all were worshipping the 365 million gods. But they are now serving the Lord. The young people, we have a Bible college, we have a printing press, uh, we have outreach, uh, we feed the people. This family, whole family gave their heart to Jesus. And you know, baptism in India is very uh, special because that's where they proclaim their faith. And we have several uh, endeavors we have adult Bible classes, so we teach them about the word of God. We feed them on a regular basis, and uh, especially the children. So a lot of people are illiterate. They cannot read and write, so we make audio, video stuff so they can, we can reach to them. This is Nepal. Uh, that's the man uh, that uh, came to me, and he's the key person right there in the middle, Pastor Rudra. And uh, uh, this is one of our evangelistic crusades. We go house to house, uh, right in the middle of the darkest of dark, folks. 
this town, this church is in a town. They worshipped, uh, you know, a, a goddess called Kali. They used to sacrifice their children in that town. But now we got a church there. We feed over 300 untouchable children. You know, India is made out of caste system, high caste, middle class, and low caste. And 300 children are fed every day because of your support. We just built a Bible college that you guys supported us in the city of Calcutta and uh, did not have no place uh, where we could teach and, uh, you know, worship. But thank God that uh, because of people like you, I owe to America and Americans the benevolence, the heart that you guys have for preaching the gospel around the world is unmatchable. And uh, uh, this is the hall that we use on Sunday morning for our worship. And then it converts on the weekdays for our uh, classrooms and uh, Bible college teaching. That's my wife Ruth there. And uh, we are trying our best to reach to every corner that we can and preach the gospel. Uh, these are our young people, and they became very handy during this pandemic. They were the ones who were going out and feeding the people who did not have anything to eat. And uh, that's the Bible college, and that's what we are doing over there. Thank you so much for supporting and helping Pastor Jason. Hallelujah. If you'd stand with me this morning, I'm going to bless you and release you. And... Uh, Pastor Julius, Bishop Julius mentioned, I mean, think about something. What else can you be involved in? We're part of the worldwide family of God that somewhere like little old Homosassa can touch all the way across the world. And Brother Julius, I want you to keep in touch with me about this this new work with the, the tribe. You mentioned chairs and a floor. I'd love to know that they have a floor and some chairs to sit in because there's people in right here in home. We're blessed, and we're blessed to be a blessing. I want to leave you with this, and he mentioned it several times. You know, I want to encourage you, make sure that you make the house of the Lord a priority. Coming in, and he's said it several times, I want you to catch this, hearing the word of the Lord. When you've been somewhere five years, you have a birthday and you turn 49, one more year, and I'm going to be that distinguished pastor. I promise you all, I got one more year. So if you go out the side door, I've got a 1990 Jeep that I'm driving around now. So one more year, one more year. But you begin to reflect our anniversaries this coming week and five years here and turning 49. And I really began to think back of just even the last five years. And I kind of thought to myself, Lord, I've preached hundreds of sermons now and I don't even remember 90% of them. And here's the thought that I had. I believe it was from the Holy Spirit. I also don't remember 99% of the meals I've eaten, but it's kept me alive. We don't know. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And he has chosen us as the ministry of reconciliation to preach the word of God. It does far more for you being sitting under the anointed word of God than anything else you'll take part in in the course of a week. Amen? Lift your hands with me and let me bless you as we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the ministry of Bishop Julius, the ministry, the churches, the school, everything that he puts his hand to. Father, we just call blessed in Jesus' name. Let there be increase of finances and souls brought into the kingdom of the living God through the ministry that he has there, Father. 
increase in abundance. We speak it in Jesus' name. Bless Christian Center Church today. Father, I pray they'd be blessed going in and blessed going out, that they would be blessed at work and blessed at home. Father, may you watch over our families, our children, and our children's children. Keep us safe in your arms, God, until we gather together again at the appointed time. Lord, we love you, and we give you all the praise, honor, and glory today, for it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. go in the name of the Lord and be blessed. There are, um, oh, prayer meeting tomorrow night, 630. Prayer is the most important element of your spiritual life. If you'd like to join us tomorrow, 630 p.m., right here in the sanctuary, we're going to seek the Lord. Hey, guys, can I interrupt you just one more time? He does have a Facebook, and it's Peace Church, and I can't say the name. But if you go on my Facebook and look up, you'll find Brother Julius, um, and, and that's how he communicates. So I encourage you, social media, get in touch with them, and uh, follow that.